South Coast, uh, a little bit of a belated start. We ran into some technical difficulties there. Uh, this is all new to us, Matt. You know, this is it's a trial and error each week. Last week we tried to go online here live at planetparanormal.com, and uh, we ran into a little bit of trouble with our board, which decided to crap out right as we were going on the air. Did, did, uh, did you, were you able to figure that out? I know you were messing around with the board. Did you have any luck? Uh, not as of no. Well, I contacted the company. I contacted the company, and uh, they tried to be helpful as they could, but uh, basically they said, you know, if you talk about ghosts and demons on your show, whatever happens to your board is pretty much, you know, your problem, not ours. So we'll see if we can get that fixed. Uh, but uh, as of right now, you know, we're, we're on the air, we hope, and we hope that you can hear us fine, and we hope that you're going to call in tonight because we have a very special topic for you. You know, when we're on the air on WPSM, uh, which is kind enough to air our shows Saturday nights, 10, 10 to midnight, Eastern Standard Time, 1420 in the New Bedford, Massachusetts area. But, you know, when we're on the air on, on WBSM, we're kind of limited in what we can say. You know, there's only so far we can go. We can only push the envelope to a certain point before the phone will start lighting up on the VIP line and it's the station management saying, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know, but here on Planet Paranormal, we're a little bit less restricted. You know, I mean, Beth and the gang there at Planet Paranormal, we don't want to make them angry with anything that we have to say, but, you know, this is a good forum, a good way to reach... The, the audience that we're looking for. Uh, so many times when we're, when we're on the radio, we're catering to uh, the local audience to some degree, and we're playing it up as the people who aren't really that knowledgeable about the paranormal. We're trying to present to you information and facts you know, that the common person can understand. Here on planetparanormal.com, we're broadcasting to an audience that is you know, firmly rooted in the paranormal. They have the education. They have the background. They know what it is. They're, they're investigators, they're researchers, uh, or they're just people who have a strong, lifelong interest in the paranormal. So, you know, we don't have to take a step back and explain things like we normally do. Uh, and with that advantage, we can get into some of the nuts and bolts of what's going on in the paranormal community as a whole. And that's what myself, Tim Weisberg, and my co-host, the silent assassin, Matt Costa, will do for you tonight. Uh, Science advisor Matt Moniz is at a seminar in New York City with Bud Hopkins and the Intruders Foundation. They'll check in later on. But Matt and myself are going to talk to you a little bit tonight about what what's going on in the paranormal lately. What What is this? That's a, that's exactly, you know, when we sent out the MySpace bulletin and we, we sent out stuff on the Internet, we said, how junior high has the paranormal become lately? And it seems like that is definitely the case. It's like uh, it's like lunchtime, you know, at a middle school where everybody's talking about everybody, everybody's pulling stuff behind people's backs. You know, we have um, websites getting hacked. We have uh, MySpace accounts getting hacked, which we'll get onto the MySpace thing because, you know, as great as a tool that is for promoting our show, like, I don't know. MySpace is just starting to get really aggravating. Starting. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not one of these people that goes on MySpace all the time. I mean, my wife will tell you she, her and her friends accuse me of being on MySpace every 37 minutes. Is is, is what I heard. You know, you're on every 37 minutes like it was a scientific study. But uh, 
But the reason why I'm on there is because I'm networking with other groups. I'm I'm promoting the show. I'm putting out you know what this week's topic is, trying to get in touch with certain personalities because. Uh, there's certain people in the paranormal field that we've had on the show that if it wasn't for MySpace, we probably never would have either A, found them, or B, been able to get a hold of them. Um, you know, for example, if you remember, you know, I uh, think almost a year ago, we did a similar topic show on ethics in the paranormal. And uh, if it wasn't for the fact that MySpace led us to Crossroads Paranormal, you know, we wouldn't have had Danielle Garrison on for that show, which was, you know, uh, she was a terrific guest. And, and now they have their own show, so you want to check that out, too. Uh, but, you know, it's, it is that great promotional tool. It is that great networking tool. But at the same time, it's just another outlet for people who are on the Internet all day to do what they do best. And that's, you know, constant bickering and arguing. And, you know, I know you have an opinion on, for example, message boards. I know that you've had, had a longstanding opinion on message boards. And no, let, let's be fair here. Let's start at the beginning. We're not blasting anybody. Uh, you know, who was on the Internet. Some people's job uh, involves them in sitting in front of a computer, and as a distraction, they'll have the Internet open all day. That's different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are on the Internet all day for the sole purpose of waiting for the next posting, the next bulletin, the next message board posting, something for them to attack. That's what we're talking about. But I know you, you've had a long-standing uh, hatred for message boards. Uh, well, I don't really, I don't post on message boards that often frankly. There's, there's so many people out there on message boards that I don't particularly care for. Especially when you try to like, present evidence or something like that on a message board. Usually it gets blasted by people who are just kind of, I don't want to say jealous, but they're sitting in their tower, so to speak. And oh, in front of their tower. In front of the tower. <laughs> the computer tower, that is. And they just kind of attack everybody that presents anything. Yeah, and does it seem to you too like I, I know you know you have posted on our message board and we talked at the beginning when we started Spooky South Coast about whether or not we wanted to even have that message board, um, you know and, and, and for the most part our message board is pretty clear of that type of people. Don't get me uh, wrong; it's a it's a good way to communicate with, especially our listeners and when it's used properly. But there are some people that kind of it's, it's bad apples are ruined bunch. We we ran into that a bit on our message board uh, last summer. You know, we had we had the you know quote unquote controversial off the air show, uh, which is basically me, the two mats, and a, and a case of beer out on my back porch with some microphones. And, you know, and a lot of people praised us for you know letting our hair down and not worrying so much about sounding perfect. And you know, and then somebody came on our message board and decided to blast us uh, for what it was that that we were doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we talked about it at length, you know, we said, gee, you know, was it wrong of us to do that? I mean, it starts this debate that probably didn't need to exist. And it's like there's, like you said, that, that I don't want to say bad apple. I mean, I know you use that term to describe some of these people that are out there to be vicious. But sometimes there's just people who take themselves too seriously on these message boards. And, 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 and we talked to... We've talked a bit to other groups and other people, individuals in the paranormal field who have said, you know, I've had my website hacked, I've had my email account hacked, uh, or, or you, even something simple as, you know, somebody who used to be in a group and had a disagreement with the leader of that group, and then they take it upon themselves to start a smear campaign against that person just because they didn't see eye to eye. I mean, why is it? What, what is it about this field, do you think, that makes it so that people can't just live and let live? 
who knows? Who knows why? Who knows why people do what they do? Well, I know who knows why people do what they do. That's the people. So we can hear from the people tonight through the magic of the internet, which we're we're on here criticizing, but through the magic of the internet, you can call us here. And uh, you can get in touch with us here at Spooky South Coast. Share your thoughts and stories. A little bit later on, you know, we have uh, we have a phone line that we have set up all week long where you can leave recorded messages for us, and we'll play one of those calls that we got earlier from a group. We also have a, an email that I received earlier from a group as well. But we have this phone number set up. Uh, it's called the Howler Line, and the number is five zero eight. Not uh, sorry, I, I always ruin the phone number. It's five zero eight four seven one. I howl, and that's 508-471-4469 is the number to get a hold of us. So if you call that number, it's also printed right on the front page of our uh, website, SpookySouthCoast.com. So you can call in and share with us you know, your thoughts and feelings on the subject matter. Maybe you're in a group that's been slandered in the past. Uh, maybe you have a problem with another group. You know, I, I, We're not looking to name names here. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to turn this into a bitch session, but we're just trying to give examples. Yeah, I said bitch on the air. We're just trying to give it... I would have said that on the regular radio, too, though. We're just trying to give an example of, you know, some of the the backstabbing, the just the the bullshit that's gone on in some of these... Uh, that's two for two. So that's gone on. I mean, you, you must hear people complaining about some of the stuff or, or be aware of some of these complaints that are out there. Well, I lurk on message boards sometimes. On lurk spacing. Lurk spacing? I lurk space sometimes, and I, sometimes I read, read some nasty stuff posted by other people towards other people, which it just, I don't know, there's no need for it sometimes. And sometimes it is like more than, you know, there'll be a group in more than one geographic area. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, more than one group in a geographic area. And so that naturally lends itself to competition. I mean, if you're out there trying to... Yeah, exactly. So, and the, except there's no choreographed dance moves in this fight. Uh, there's, you know, there'll be more than one group in an area, and they won't see eye to eye. We're gonna we're gonna take a call uh, on that later on. That recorder call we have kind of deals with that. When there's more than one group in an area, and there's only so many cases to go around, we'll say. I mean, there's there's cases of the paranormal everywhere you look, but I mean, how many people are actually willing to reach out to a group and have an investigation done? So the, that's few and far between in some cases, in some areas. So to have two groups in an area, the problem is the homeowner, the business owner, whoever it is, will contact that one group, uh, that group A, we'll say. And then group B is jealous of the fact that group A was the one that got contacted. And through no fault of group A's own, group B attacks them solely because, you know, maybe their phone number comes first in the phone book under investigation. I'm, I'm being very broad-based there and... But also a form of jealousy could pop up when, say, group A goes to a certain cemetery, gets nothing. Then another group, group B, goes to a cemetery and gets something. Group A is going to be like, well, we didn't find anything, so... Yeah, so therefore it can't be haunted because we didn't get anything. I mean, But that's the problem. Instead of... It, the way it should work, and I know, you know it's easy for us to be... The you know bright-eyed optimists here sitting uh you know sitting in indoors here and we're not out there in the field with these groups. That's why if Matt Moniz was here, he could probably give a little bit more of a, of a, an insider's edge here to what we're talking about. But that's also why Moniz calls himself an independent paranormal researcher. Exactly. So he's not tied into one group and and beholden to one group. 
Well, he makes everybody mad, but that's just because he's Moniz. Doesn't create any enemies. Well, at least not any wearing a badge or, or carrying a U.S. U.S. seal on their on their clothing. But uh, no, but like you said, with Group A and Group B going out into a cemetery, and one gets evidence and one doesn't, the ideal way for it to work would be: all right, Group A doesn't get anything. Group B does. So there should be a Group C, a combination of A and B that can go out there together and work together. And Group A can say to Group B, hey, walk me through what it is that you did. How did you get this this evidence? How did this happen? But And you say, show me this. Pr-. I know, we're getting, it's like algebra in here. But uh, we need Mr. Rojic to come in and explain it all to us. But if they went out in some form or fashion together, then, you know, they could say, show me how you got this. And in a way, that say they did fake it. Say Group B did fake it. Well, then if they, Group A goes out with them and they see how they did it, they could say, well, that could have been, you know, fake. That could have been a mistake. I should have used mistake. I shouldn't use fake. You know, maybe they go out there together and uh, they they do get something and Group A can say, well, now we've taken away from this a different way of investigating, a different style, uh, a different way to question, to a different line of questioning for EVP work. So, you know, that's the way that it's going to work. That's the way it's going to become, an ex- you know, you have groups like IPI, uh, you have groups like you know, Todd Sheets is starting the new uh, Night Watchers. You know, these groups where there's at least some centralized idealism behind what they're doing, which kind of defeats the purpose. If you're an IPI, if you're in Night Watchers, you know, it really makes no sense for you to go blasting what another group does. You're all there to support each other. How idealized is that? I mean, it's great that they're working out now, but are they always going to be able to work out? Well, they're lucky enough to have good leadership at the top, too, so that helps. But uh, why don't we? Uh, why don't I read for you one message that I got earlier? This is from a group out there. And again, if you want to chime in and share your thoughts, you can just give us a call five zero eight four seven one I Howell. That's five zero eight four seven one four four six nine, and you can get a hold of us directly. But uh, this comes from Colleen, the co-founder of West Tennessee Wraith Hunters, who uh, actually had the opportunity to investigate with Matt Moniz uh, down at Waverly Hills, I believe. And so they sent along this message. Just to chime in with my quick two cents, it just seems like there is such a popularity contest going on, and it's so out of control. I mean, heck, it seems as if we're dealing with the paranormal version of Mean Girls or something. Some of the issues that can arise in this field, because the one that gets the best evidence will get the most credence. But isn't it really the ultimate goal of the paranormal researcher or investigator? I mean, as in any situation, you are going to have your cliques, your groups, your gangsters, your nerds, your losers, and then, of course, the jocks and the cheerleaders. Whoever is the most popular has the kind has the most power, and they lord it over the smaller and the weaker. And she's, you know, she's right. It's just like anything else. It's like high school, junior high, like we were talking about. It's kind of like a god complex. I am right, you are wrong. I am everything, you are nothing. And the saddest part of that is that fact, the saddest part of that fact is that no matter how much we talk about it, discuss it, it will never change, because no matter how wrong it is for anyone to think that way, there is no way to change a person's attitude. All we can do is slog through, continue to try to create and promote unity, and hope that someday it will sink into others that we are all working for the same thing, for proof of the existence to show that there is something else out there, something that maybe one day we can explain and help people to understand why we have had a passion for this for so long and that we truly were not crazy all this time. So that's from Colleen, co-founder of the West Tennessee Wraith Hunters. But she's absolutely right. I mean, is it going to change? It's not just the paranormal where this exists. It's in every aspect of our life. You know, from all of society, we from a young age, there are these cliques, these groups, and they're always going to be the ones that have the power. Is there any way to change that? 
I'm basically asking you to solve all of society's ills in one answer. Well, if I remember anything from <laughs> no, you can't change people. You can't change. People are always going to click together, and but that's what kind of moves the uh, human race. To, we can't really survive without being in these little groups of ours. But we can't really. These groups can't really fight with each other either. Well, there's there's one thing. There's one word that I think will help. Uh, help clear this up a little bit. I mean, like you said, you're never going to be able to change the way people are. There'll always be these factions, these groups. But the one word that will make a difference is accountability. As long as there's accountability, and this is what a lot of these groups that have messaged me today and sent me emails, and this is what they're talking about, accountability. If somebody wants to make these accusations against other groups or pull these sneaky tactics or maneuvers or whatever they do, then as long as they're held accountable for their actions, it'll lessen the number of attacks. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't want to get too you know, behind the scenes here tonight talking about this, and I didn't want to point out too many specific situations that we've heard of, but let's go back a couple of weeks ago to what happened with Brian Harnois, his trip to Waverly Hills, and the fact that one person was upset with the way the trip worked out. Uh, you know, not to point any fingers, but this person... You know, contacted Brian, was unable to get a hold of Brian because Brian was on the trip and he, you know, wasn't able to, to get to his messages and check his emails or whatever. But So then this person contacted TAPS. TAPS, you know, threw up the flag that they've been throwing up since day one that this is not a TAPS trip. We, have a, we don't have anything to do with this. But, I don't know, as a service to the the fans out there, they posted it up there and whatever. It all went out there to the public. Um and but immediately, as soon as this person starts posting the stuff up there about what happened, there's you know a hundred people that are now posting on this and trashing Brian Harnois. There, you know, this is exactly people who weren't even there. People, people who weren't there. Who don't even know the guy that got who was unhappy. <laughs> well, yeah, but pe- pe- the guy who got screwed there. You know, That's they don't know him, They're, and they they don't know Brian. Which is, you know, everybody thinks they know Brian because of, you know, they see him on TV and, and hey. That's, that's in front of the camera. That's a totally different guy. Well, you and I know he's pretty much the same way off the camera, but, but they, they're just making that assumption. We've actually had the opportunity to meet him and talk with him so we can say that. But, but even so, it's like, you know, how do we know he's not, quote unquote, performing for us too because, you know, we're in the business, is, you know. Uh, you, you really can't know these people. And, and to be able to go on to a MySpace blog or a message board or something and to be able to trash somebody, trash them as a person, trash them as an investigator, uh, trash them as an, an organizer of an event without knowing all the details, without hearing their side of the story, is petty. You know, this is the same person that if Brian Harnois had sent them a message, you know, saying, hey, you've won a free trip to Ron Weezy, Weezy Ron's next trip or or, you know, hey, you want to hang out and investigate with me, these people would jump at it. You know, five minutes before they read that, they love Brian. This whole thing happens, they chime in with their two cents, they trash the guy. The resolution comes about, which thankfully everything was cleared up, and the gentleman who had the problem has, you know, said, I was angry, I reacted, I didn't give Brian time, now everything's cool, he's going to give me my money back. And, you know, Brian, for his part, sent out a little bit of a... He posted a little blog about what was going on and how disappointed he was, and then he let it die. 
But it just it bothered me that these are people who five minutes ago they loved him. The event hap- the thing happens, they don't like him anymore, they're trashing him. Everything's cleared up five minutes later, they love him like nothing ever happened. like what they say um, if you do something right nobody really notices but if you do something wrong everybody notices exactly I mean you know the first uh, not that I'm saying anybody did anything wrong or anything. yeah I mean we're not trying to defend Brian we're not trying to we're not trying like, to we weren't there yeah so. we're not trying to blame Tabs for posting it on their board they were protecting their own asses I don't blame them for that at all uh, just like you know if somebody went on a trip and and I'm just using this as an example. I don't think it would ever happen. But if somebody went on one of these trips that are associated with, with Brian and Ron and, and, you know, Matt Moniz goes on these trips with him now. He helps them out. He, he takes a group around. Uh, you know, so if somebody had a problem with something Moniz did at one of these trips and they started contacting us, we'd have to do the same thing. We'd have to say, whoa, we're not associated with these trips. You know, we can't be held responsible for what goes on. Matt Moniz is... A friend of ours and he's you know he's like family to us but if he goes out there and does something you know in the course of one of these investigations like i said it would never happen but if he does you know that's matt moniz that's responsible for that he's out there as a representative of spooky south coast to let people know who we are and what we're doing but he is not there to be spooky south coast you know what i'm saying like He's out there, and he would never claim to be. He would never be out there and say, you know, this is a spooky South Coast investigation. You know, he just says, I'm the science advisor for spooky South Coast. Share your information with us. Share your evidence with us. We'll put you on the air. You know, that kind of stuff. But he's not out there trying to make it a spooky South Coast event. No, he's, he's just kind of like our representative. Exactly. He's a diplomat. <laughs> he is a <laughs> diplomat, too. Except uh, I don't think you'd be too diplomatic about this subject because, you know, he... He was involved, and he was there, and he had first-hand information about everything that was going on. And it is their initial attempts at getting out there and promoting these trips, and it's not going to run smoothly every time. On the other hand, though, say say if we went on a trip or something that we didn't think was up to par, do you think it's our duty to let people know that that trip was not up to par and people should kind of steer away from going to trips with these people? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Because we have to look at things from a different point of view of other people. I mean, I suppose if you do it in a, not like a blasphemous way, you could probably get away with it. I'm not exactly sure how this guy put it. I, I, I understand that it was a little nasty. Well, everybody's going to look at it like this, okay? If, if we totally... Um, you know, if we totally lick somebody's boot heels every time that they're on, they're going to think that we're in bed with them. Uh, you know, for example, you know, all right, Crystal Expectations. For a long time on WBSM, we've run an ad for Crystal Expectations, a metaphysical store uh, in the city of New Bedford where we broadcast out of. And we'll come on and we'll tell people how good Crystal Expectations is. Uh, we'll tell people if they're looking for something, they can get it there. We'll recommend it to people who are looking for a metaphysical shop in the area. And people just make the assumption that we're pushing them because they're an advertiser. Well, you know, a little inside radio here, break down that fourth wall. We don't make anything off the advertising. We don't make anything for this show. So we have no reason to promote an advertiser. True, we're broke. 
Yeah. <laughs> if we if we had money from an advertiser, we probably would have a board that wouldn't die out. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we'd probably have a little bit more fancy equipment here than what we're doing. But so we don't make anything off it. So therefore, we have no reason to promote the advertiser. You know, the station's going to give us the time anyway because it doesn't cost them anything to produce a local program that people are interested in instead of rerunning stuff that they were basically rerunning the best of what had already been on Monday through Friday. Nobody was listening to that station on a Saturday night. You know, maybe 10 people listen to our show now. Well, that's 10 people more than were listening to it before. So it's not going to hurt us to to blast this person if we have, I mean, we wouldn't blast them because that's not the kind of people we are. But, you know, if we turned a blind eye to what was going on, just let them buy their ad and whatever happened, happened. We talk about them and we support them because we know them, because we've been to their store, we've talked with them, we like them, we know that they're serious and that they're, you know, they're not just out there trying to make a buck off this community. And they've been doing it for 30 years. Exactly. They've been along a lot longer than Spooky South Coast. And so. And they're not even, they're not even buying an ad with BSM anymore. Well, they're going to be working that out. Yeah. They're supposedly working out, but. But I mean, we don't like I said. You know, we're not we're not concerned with that. We're not making anything off of that. You know, until it becomes a matter of we want to talk about crystal expectations, and the station tells us we can't because they no longer buy an ad. You know, then it's a problem. Then it's a then it's an issue. But but you know, uh, if if we really felt that these wheezy run trips were bad, you know, we would say something. We would say, hey, it didn't go over that smoothly. But we know that they're good. We know that we know what Brian and Ron are trying to do, and we fully support it. They've had, what, three or four of these trips now. So say, you know, 500 people have gone on these trips over the course of these couple that they've done. You know, you've had one complaint against 499 positive reviews. I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're just talking about what Weezy and Ron are doing. I mean, I'm just bringing that up because it was a very high-profile example. Uh but, you know, people can say, all right, well, you have Ron on the show all the time. You've had Brian on the show. You know, that's you guys are just promoting them because it benefits you to have them as guests. Well, yeah. You know, you don't think that that's the way that this business works? You don't think that that's the way that any business works? There isn't going to be some degree of, you know, you wash my back, I wash yours? That's going to happen. I mean, there's no big secret there. There's no big secret that, you know, we support certain things because it helps us out. But if for any reason we felt that there was no longer up to snuff, we wouldn't keep putting our name associated with it. You know what I mean? We would end that relationship. I mean, I can say this about Brian because, you know, Brian knows us, he likes us, he knows that, you know, we're just using this as an example, but if I thought that what was going on was, or if we as a group, the three of us, thought that what was going on with these trips was a sneaky, undermined attempt to steal somebody's money. And we knew about this, and we had proof, and we'd gotten both sides of the story, and we'd made that determination. Wouldn't we sever ties with Brian? Oh, definitely. We'd be like, you know, we don't need to have him on our show anymore. I mean, we'd say, all right, don't contact Brian anymore. I mean, I, I make that sound like, you know, we're some big, huge show, and, it, you know, like, we can be like, you can't come on our show anymore, Harnwa. No, what we're saying is we know... We know we get a bump from having one of the ghost hunters on our show. We know we see the numbers. We see the you know the podcast numbers. Uh, you know the average show, say in the first week, draws you know x number of downloads. If we have somebody like Kristen Gartland on, then it gets triple what it would normally get in the first week. I mean, it's just you can't deny the popularity of of what's going on with that program. But we wouldn't we would sacrifice that if we thought that it wasn't worth 
you know, promoting if we thought that it wasn't worth tying our reputation into. Because that only hurts us. Exactly. But they, they've got their reputation. Well, they're they're no fine. Nothing will ever happen to them based on what we say on our show. We're the ones that need to watch out for ourselves because we've got nothing. You know, we're starting from scratch here trying to build something. So we're the ones that have the uh, potential to blow up and, and sabotage what it is that we're doing. So 508-471-4469 is your chance to chime in. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, you can also go to SpookySouthCoast.com and get all those numbers as well. Hey, you know what's funny is we actually could have hooked up, because we're in a room with like a 1,000 computers here, we could have hooked up the actual message board on SpookySouthCoast.com tonight and had people post that way. So why don't we say that? If you want to try to post up on SpookySouthCoast.com, go to the message board there, and we'll try to see what we can find there. We're not used to having so much Internet access while we're doing a program. Oh, yeah, there's chat rooms, too. Yeah, if you go to... chat room at SSCFan.com and I forgot... SpiritedSociety.net? Okay. So I'm not sure if they're both up and running, but, hey, we can find out because we have the Internet. It's it's strange. It's like... It's like the early days of Spooky South Coast when they used to leave the computer on for us in the studio. Now they lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> now we're lucky if we can get in there at all. So, but, all right, let's get let's get back a little bit, though, to some of this. This. I mean, we I think we went off a little bit too much on, on one example, but let's get back to, as a whole, the idea of, uh, let's say, sabotaging somebody else. I mean, what happens to somebody in any business, in any walk of life, if they build their reputation by crushing the reputation of others? They just get hurt in the end, pretty much. Unless it's Microsoft. That's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, if, it, if you bury another group to, to make your own group stronger, you know, that just makes you... Burning bridges. That's yeah. No, you can't. And it's hard to repair any burnt bridges, too. A lot of apologizing, probably. And let's face it, sooner or later, you're going to come back into contact with those people that you burned one way or another. Yeah, they're not just going to fall off the face of the earth or anything. Yeah. What about the one thing that's a, a huge complaint in the paranormal field, the stealing of evidence or the co-opting of evidences? Here's the one question that I always have for 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 groups, and maybe some groups can call in five zero eight four seven one four four six nine and explain this to me. But what do you get from having evidence as your own? You can't really sell it. You're not getting any financial gain from it. Just get bragging rights, and that's about it. Maybe bragging rights gets you more popular, your group more popularity, more spotlight. I mean, yeah. Maybe validation, you know, maybe credibility because you got gathered evidence, but I don't think your credibility, whether or not you go into a place and get evidence isn't dependent on how good of a group you are. It has nothing to do with who your members are. I mean, unless, I'm talking in a generality, generality. I'm not talking about if you have a psychic in your group or if you have a sensitive or if you have somebody who attracts certain spirits. I mean, but. Who isn't the people that make up your group isn't going to make you more successful in gaining evidence? Um, uh, again, it sounds like I'm being um, very generic here, but 
So it's not the members of your group. It's not, you know, who's the most popular. It has nothing to do with uh, how many T-shirts your group sells or who has the coolest logo. Uh, and to some degree, it doesn't even really matter what equipment you have or don't have. You know, the equipment just makes it easier to do. Um, but uh, let, let's take the call. We'll get back to this point after that. All right. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hello? Hello? Hi, you're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Um, my name's Tanya, and I'm calling from Pittsburgh. Okay, so now, was there a situation where, you know, you were involved in one of these backstabbing incidents in the paranormal? Well, it goes on a lot in the area, and I hear a lot about it, too. I mean, this isn't something that's, that's brand new. However, I think it's a little bit... You know, it's striking against us as paranormal teams. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems to be on the rise, too. Do you think that's because of the, you know, the technology that we have, the way we're able to network? With that? Yeah. I mean, just because there's so many more groups out there and and there's so, you know, there's so much more visible, it's, it's more prone to attack? Yeah. You know, I, I just can't understand it, though, because... It's it's not like this is something that's found in fact. It's not like we're on American Idol winning the, you know, million-dollar prize. We're all working towards basically the same goals. I, I, I don't think, you know, I think it should be a lot more sharing and experiencing and, and comparing notes. I mean, I just, I, I really think there's a lot of good teams out there that set the president up. What does somebody have to gain from committing these attacks and from undermining what other people are trying to do? Does that make another person's group stronger because they can discredit another organization? I absolutely do not think so. I mean, in fact, I think we should be more mentors. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if one group's been around longer, then you would think a new upstart group would kind of look to them for leadership and examples instead of, you know, Matt Costa and I could start a group tomorrow and start attacking every other group in the hopes that it will increase our visibility. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's, it's quite easy to do that. In fact, you know, it's happened to us. And we're willing to help everybody. Is there a reason why, as these groups increase, is there going to be eventually not enough cases to go around, and that might be part of the reason why all these attacks take place? I mean, yeah, with the rise of paranormal investigation teams, I really do believe that, you know, maybe that's, that's what it is. But again, you've got to think, you know, there's so much media involved in this now. You know, it's more accepted now than it was even 10 years ago. I was going to say, we haven't even gotten into the subject yet of, you know, the, like you said, the media exposure for this, the fact that so many of these new groups are popping up for the purpose of trying to get themselves on TV or, or whatever, and so that makes them more prone to jump toward the negative and the more sensational. Yeah, I think so. I think it's 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 almost like a, it, who can get this first? You know, it's, it's like a race, and it's, again, I, I just, I, I can't understand the psychology behind it. I mean, we're, again, we're in a field that we're, we don't have any cold, hard facts. Where it, it's almost like, you know, these are the pioneers of this science, uh, this unfounded science, and you're supposed to kind of pretty much work together and you have everybody, you know, running to slit the next person's throat. Um, I think that the one good example that I honestly heard on there was the whole lawn and wavy trip thing. It, one person complained and, it, and everybody reposted these bulletins. Yeah, and it, it just turned into a, a, a big disaster because of one person's complaint and because that one person was able to get his word out uh, in such a, a popular way as a you know as a TAPS member's message board or 
or whatever. It just, uh, what do you think when, when that whole situation went on? What do you think of all these people that were making all these assumptions about who Brian was as a person, as an investigator? Well, I just, I, I thought that was jumping the gun, especially when you know that person no further than TV and um, one person's, one person's negativity rocking the boat. So I thought that that, that was jumping the gun, uh, unprofessional, really. It, again, it was just like your post, you know, the junior high school thing. You, you, one rumor can destroy somebody's life. Exactly, and, and ruin the credibility of not only the group you're attacking, but all paranormal investigators as a whole. Absolutely. What, what do other people people think? There's not one, like even when we started our MySpace, there's not just, you know, your other teens that are going to add you. They're paranormal enthusiasts. People that, you know, enjoy it but don't want to, you know, go in and do the research. And they're, they're seeing everybody fighting back and forth. Can you only imagine what's going in through their head? Well, exactly. That's a good point, too, that there's so many people who are uh, just, you know, either fans of the TV show or, or fans of, you know, horror or, or whatever it is that, you know, draws them into this who are going to make these assumptions on people just based on these accusations that are being made. Yes, they will. Uh, can you think of another science or another period in scientific history where, you know, so much of this backstabbing went on? Uh, I can't even think of one. No. No, because everybody worked together. And, again, when you think about it, a lot of this, a lot of the, 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 the now-founded sciences, when they were beginning, starting out as little teams of people just getting together and doing things um, and researching, um, this was pre-media sensation. And not only that, though, but, I mean, you know, some of these scientific uh, endeavors that happened in earlier times would come under the attack of the church. I mean, let's look at that. I mean, that was, you know, the same thing. You know, you have these, yeah, uh, it was. you know, evolutionists, and, you know, they're, they're being attacked by the church. was a much more powerful entity than any one individual paranormal group. I mean, hey, even TAPS, as, as big as they are, they're not as big as the church. So, but No, no, no. That is one entity that's, you know, it, it's, it's hard to find anything bigger than that. So it just seems like that's the only thing I can think of is the fact that, you know, as each thing comes out that's not accepted, there's something waiting there to crush it. But that's totally different than what we're talking about. We're talking about infighting. We're talking about sabotage from within, essentially. Yes, that, and, that, and that's what it is. That's the, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that. That's the, that's the worst part of all when we're attacking each other. It, it just doesn't look good. But most of us do the residential investigations. We're going into somebody's home. And just imagine if they're researching this. If they're researching yeah. these teams. If they're on MySpace, um, you know, and they're reaching out to somebody for help. They're, they're afraid, and they're seeing everybody, you know, just attacking one another. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not saying everybody should, you know, sit around by the campfire and think, oh, my God. You run into people every day that you don't get along with just for no apparent reason. You just don't click. But at the same time, you can work together. There's a, there's a way you can make a foundation to just listen to somebody else without, you know, just being completely unbiased. It doesn't have to be that, like you, but like we mentioned earlier before, that God complex. Yeah, and that was from the... Uh West Tennessee Wraith Hunters, who, who brought that up, and it does seem like there is uh, quite a bit of that. Now, let me just ask you before we let you go, do you see any possible way to, to keep this from happening? Is there any way to, I mean, I know you're out there in the field trying to keep it from happening, but, I mean, uh, on if everybody could do one thing together, what could we do to keep this from happening? Raise awareness. Just like you're doing right now, radio shows on it, um, more opinions. You know, the, the leaders in this field are, are doing doing a real good job. So I, I just really think it's, it's awareness. Oh, well, let's hope we can keep it going, and let's hope that, you know, there's enough of the 
you know, they, they like to say that the good rises to the top. So let's hope that that's what continues to happen. All right, well, thank you for checking in with us. Thank you. All right, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And if you would like to check in and share your thoughts on the subject with us, just give us a call, 508-471-4469, 508-471-I-Howell. So uh, that's the way to get a hold of us. You know, and the caller brought up some, some great points. Uh, it really does just hurt everybody when you attack one group, and, and people don't realize that. They're just looking to make their own name, and they're looking for a chance to you know build their own reputation, not realizing that by some of the things they say about other groups, they're just hurting the other group. Give us, I know, I know that you're not you know, a, a MySpace guy, per se, but give, give us your thoughts and feelings on the idea, Matt Costa, of MySpace being used as a central networking group for the paranormal. Well, I mean, it's a good communication between other groups. I mean, every, every group out there pretty much has a MySpace page to themselves, which they can, uh, well, I mean, that kind of adds to the whole blasting of other other groups on there also because they can do it from one uh, one group from one state can actually blast another from another state and not really have to ever, be ever see them yeah. which is kind of like a no no <laughs> and, I guess. and the other thing about the internet too is the anonymity factor of it too That's true. you don't have to go out there and put your name on it you could make up a fake group and do it too. I mean, basically, all you need now to become a paranormal investigative group is, and I've said this before, and I know that it sounds negative, like I'm down on the subject, but this is all you need now to start a paranormal group. You need one person, you need a MySpace account, and a catchy uh, acronym. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. There's the three things that you need to become a paranormal investigator. Does it make you a credible researcher? Not at all. Does it make you uh, somebody to be taken seriously? No. But there's so many groups, we get hit up with them uh, on MySpace every day. We welcome them all. We want everybody to, to come to us and to, to you know join on what we're doing, and we're trying to you know have a community, community aspect to it. But there's so many of them we get that it's like, well, how many members do you have? Well, it's just myself right now. Well, how about instead of starting your own group, you go and get involved with another group. I realize there isn't a group everywhere around that people can join. But if you're going to start a group and it's going to be just you know yourself, a digital camera, and a MySpace account, Hook up with somebody like an IPI or, or one of these other groups that are, you know, becoming an umbrella organization so that you can give yourself at least some credibility instantaneously. And part, one part of being in a group also is that you, when you're out there investigating, you learn from one another and you, you get to know one, each, one another and it's just like a, a thing to get together and do also. Exactly. Yeah. Like a, it's, it's a lot like a social thing. I mean, when you're by yourself, it's kind of... A little sad. <laughs> well, and not only that, but uh, who's there to verify anything that happened, you know? And if you're going to go out there and you're going to join another group or at least, you know, shadow another group for a while, it gives you the opportunity to see different investigative styles, different approaches. You know, for example, the first time we ever went out and did EVP work, yourself, uh, Matt Costa and myself, the first time we ever went out there and did EVP work, we were basically copying what we'd seen, you know, on TV really, more or less, you know, just asking general questions. We had no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, and then at the same time, though, uh, well, not the same time, but we go back out again with Matt Moniz. Just added a whole new element to it. Yeah, and because, you know, we might say, you know, a la Steve Gonzalez, are there any spirits here? Anybody here would like to make their presence known? Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for them to make the connection for us just based on the fact that they're dead, we're not, and they're trying to communicate. Matt Moniz goes out there. And he asks a whole series of questions. He basically does, 
you know, an interview with thin air because he feels that there might be some mundane, easy questions that people are, that spirits are more willing to respond to. Uh, he'll say, what is your favorite color? What is your favorite food? Uh, he basically isn't trying to lean them, lead them into a line of questioning that says, you're dead. I'm not. How can I help you? So it's just, it's a different approach. And it's something that we never would have thought of, you know, because to us, we're thinking, let's get that result, let's get that result, let's get that, you know, evidence. Granted, we did, but... Well, that's because we got lucky. That's, that's, that's another problem, though, is the quest for evidence. You're not a legitimate paranormal group until you've found that evidence is, you know, the line of thinking that we always hear. So I, I don't believe that. I think you can be a perfectly legitimate paranormal group without evidence. And this is what I was saying before we took the call. As long as your investigative methods are correct, as long as your approach is correct, you know, if you're going out there in the woods, you know, you're out there smoking and having some beers and making a lot of noise trying to get ghosts, I don't care if you get the best evidence in the world. I don't respect you as a group. I, I think I, uh, I get more credibility to those groups that go out there and debunk more cases than they do prove cases. Exactly. Which, but, you know... It, you guys are swaying me. <laughs> well, it's not I just us swaying you. It's not just us swaying you. It's the fact that, you know, yeah, the, you're seeing things that make you question, wait a minute, maybe I can't take this hardline approach I've been taking. But 508-471-4469 if you want to check in. You can also get the, mess, the numbers off SpookySouthCoast.com where we have our message board up. And there's also the chat room going on at SSEFan.com as well. We're trying to log into that, but my other computer works like crap. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. You know, she's going to kill me for saying this because she just wants to be a background. But my wife wrote me a little list of questions. Sorry, Jen. And, but she did bring up some very interesting points here. You know, She said the paranormal is trendy right now, and when things are trendy, that's what leads to the gossiping bitches and the backstabbing, and those are her other junior high behavior. Like she said, it, she, she wrote here, she says, is it the paranormal groups one-upping each other, or is it the fad factor? Is it more that they're just trying to make that name for themselves, as we were saying before, trying to get on TV, get on the radio? You know, we've dealt with groups that have contacted us just because they want to be on the radio, and they don't really have anything to bring to the table. And then, But this question here that she asked is a really good one, and I'd, I'd like to throw this out to the listeners as well. Are all the problems generated by the new people involved in the paranormal field, or is it the old-timers? Are we seeing, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming up are we seeing it coming from the, the Ed Warrens, the John Zaffises, from you know the crowd that's been investigating cases since, uh, you know Hans Holzer first put pen to paper? I mean, are we seeing these people attacking other groups? No, you don't see that at all. As for the most part, a guy like John Zaffis is willing to work with anybody. You know, he's willing to, to he's willing to give anybody the time of day. He's one of the most accessible people in this field. Uh, and he would never say anything disparaging about somebody else publicly. You know, because he realizes that it all ends up, you know, working out together. Some of these old, old I don't want to say old timers, because a lot of them aren't old, but I mean, that's, but some of these people that are from the older school, you know, they kind of exist in a vacuum. They don't participate in what's going on you know they're not on myspace they're not on iamhaunted.com they're not on these websites uh they're not on the internet trying to hook up with other groups or or monitoring what other groups are doing so they kind of exist in their own vacuum of just doing what they're doing we talked about this last year with a, a great guest we probably should try to get a hold of him tonight to talk about the subject richard senate who is a longtime ghost hunter out in california and he was the first official ghost hunter on the internet and he warned us then that this was coming. I mean, we were seeing the beginning of beginnings of it then, 
But he warned us something that's only going to get worse. That's true. Although, on the other hand, there may be... I mean, we haven't... So far, we haven't come into contact with anybody, but there... I guess you could say that there are some veterans in the field that have this kind of... Uh, let's, we'll, we'll call it an old man factor. <laughs> of, oh, these damn kids, these, these damn young groups that have just started up. Oh, yeah, there like, will be, kinda, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? these, yeah, you're saying that there'll be these people that... Are just blasting them just because they just started it. Who are they to come into my field? Exactly. And so, yeah, there, so there could be some degree of, you know, like you said, the older guys, the old timers who, you know... Yeah, the vet. We'll call them the veterans. That's a good way to put it. And, and they're going to try to blast everything that's going on because it's not their approach. It does seem to be. It's it's these new groups that are coming up and trying to make a name for themselves. And I get you know I said we're not trying to name any names, but these these people know who they are. I mean, if they're going on a MySpace or an I Am Haunted to just to, to check out the competition, then they're defeating the purpose of what's going on. It's not a competition. It's not a race. You're not going to win anything by being the first person because even if you are the first person to legitimately prove the existence of anything paranormal, somebody else had it before you. You know, somebody else's proof was just as good as yours. Um, the one good thing about MySpace is it's a great way to share evidence with other groups and other individuals, which is... For the people that are actually using it for that purpose, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, there are a lot of comments on those... MySpace pages that have uh, that are praising these people who and like saying good job, yeah, great capture, yeah, yeah. great capture, stuff like that. So I mean, I guess some good can come of this. Well, <laughs> I was just having a thought as you were saying that, like. You know, we're talking about all these people that are trying to make a name for themselves off the negativity of of what's going on. Isn't that what we're doing really tonight? I mean, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves off of it, but we're basically, you know, making a show out of it. But we're not doing it because we say, hey, this is going to be a hot topic that's going to get a lot of people interested. People will be talking about this show come Monday. This show's free anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not making money off of it, you know what I mean? So it's it's out there to the public. I think, as that caller said before, we're kind of doing it as a, as a service, as a, a way to say, somebody's got to say, hold the phone for a minute here. As I said earlier, you know, I go on MySpace every day, check the messages, add the new friends, and, you know, I, I read the bulletins. I know that, you know, a lot of people say they don't read their bulletins, but I go through them and I skim them and I see what's going on and, and I see what the accusations are that are going out there and I'm sick of it. It's bullshit. Every day I shouldn't have to look at another group, you know, complaining about another group. Somebody else hacking somebody else's site. Uh, you know, the IamHaunted.com site shuts down, which, from what I can gather, I haven't talked to Alan or any people involved, but it looks like it was a hack. You know, somebody kind of hacked into their site and, and shut them down. That's fine. That happens. That kind of stuff happens. What bothers me is the minute portion of the people out there who want to suggest the idea that it was hacked because there's another similar site coming soon, and they intentionally crashed IamHaunted.com to help benefit their own site. Does that happen? Hell no. Because I know the people that are involved in another site, they wouldn't do that. There's immediately that accusation out there because that's what the point that we've gotten to. And that's what made me say, hold up, stop, wait a minute. At least for the small portion of the paranormal audience that we have, for the limited number of people that we reach every week, you know, we have to at least express these sentiments to them. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break here, and on the other side we'll give you your chance to chime in, 508-471-4469, 508-471-I-Howell. 
and uh, you can check in with us, share your thoughts, theories, questions. Uh, you know, you don't just have to stick to the subject either. I mean, I know we're we're talking about the junior high aspect of the paranormal tonight, but you can call in with anything you'd like to share, any questions you might have, anything you want to talk about. 508-971-4469. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with more Spooky South Coast. Expectations has books, jewelry, candles, incense, oils, CDs, tarot decks, religious and fantasy statues, and cultural items from around the world. Crystal Expectations offers a wide variety of services, including Reiki, Kuan Yin, magnified healing, and meditation. Do you want to find out the influences in your life and what the future holds for you? Call to schedule a tarot or Hindu astrology reading. Crystal Expectations' knowledgeable staff has over 40 years' experience in a wide variety of spiritual disciplines. They can provide instruction in spiritual cleansing for yourself and techniques to reduce negative influences in your life. Crystal Expectations is located at 854 Brock Avenue in New Bedford, serving those interested in the paranormal and spiritual for over 18 years. 508-990-7898 or visit crystalexpectations.net. You can also email them at crystalx at verizon.net. Where can you go to find hot homemade knitted items? How about Knitbits at knitbits.etsy.com. A new baby in your life? Need a homemade knitted item for a shower gift? The Knitbits has you covered. Sweaters, bibs, booties, blankets, they've got it all. Want to be up on the latest trends? How about some of those funky, cozy socks everybody's wearing? Or knitted handbags and cell phone holders? If they don't have it at Knitbits, or if you want it in a different color, email them and they'll take care of you. That's knitbits.etsy.com. K-N-I-T-B-I-T-S dot E-T-S-Y dot com. Knitbits for all your homemade needs. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, our science advisor. Matt Boney is not with us this evening because he is down in New York with Bud Hopkins and the Intruders Foundation for their presentation down there. Uh, Actually, I thought Matt was going to call and check in, but he's probably still involved in that presentation, so hopefully he'll either call my cell phone or he'll call right into uh, our Skype number, 508-471-4469. It's open for you to call. And we want to say hi to everybody over on the sscfan.com chat room. Uh, I'm looking at It's Annette's first time there, so we want to say hi to her for sure. And, of course, Carl does a great job running that site for us. Uh, so just go to sscfan.com, click on the chat link down the left-hand side, and you can jump in. Uh, make sure that you give yourself a, a catchy username such as mine, Spooky Tim, because I'm super creative tonight. And that's your way to check in. Also, if you go to the SpookySouthCoast.com website and you go to the message board there, give me a second, I'll tell you who's online there right now. Uh, let's see. Well, Carl's just on there now. I went on there a little while ago, and there was a whole bunch of people on there. Uh, but now it's just Carl. So go on there and post some thoughts and feelings and and uh, help him out as well. And uh, the thespiritedsociety.net is also the other website. I don't know if that chat's up and running tonight, but you can check that out as well. And, uh, one of the things that we want to talk to you about here tonight, too, while we have a, a few moments here, is uh, Fate Magazine. 
who we've been longtime readers of Fate, and we wanted to just share with you. We're gonna we're gonna bring them on board with us uh, as an advertiser in the coming weeks because you know we fully support what they do. Again, we're, we're gonna point this out. We're not doing this for any kind of profit. We're doing this because we believe in Fate, and you know we like what it is they do. We've had numerous Fate writers on the show, like Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Brad Steiger. Um, we're just going to start working with them. You know, and, you know, we'll promote them. They'll promote us, and it'll work out. And that's what we're talking about: community. You know, so uh, it's published continuously since 1948. Fate is the only publication to consistently supply its loyal readership with a broad array of true accounts of the strange and unknown. Fate recognizes that the impossible can be possible and explores the unknown so it can be known. Fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have something dynamic, significant, and truthful to say. From psychics and spiritualists to archaeological hotspots and fringe science, from authoritative UFO and paranormal investigators to readers' personal mystical experiences, Fate articles are factual, informative, and entertaining. To subscribe, call now. 1-800-728-2730 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com That's 1-800-728-2730 or fatemag.com What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. And I just got the April issue of Fate Magazine uh, recently. Some great stories there. Our friend Brad Steiger gives you an update on the UFO phenomena and he talks about how he began his you know, career in UFO investigation, believing they truly were being smarter space, and now he's come to change his mind a bit on that. So make sure you check that out and find out more about that. You know, there's always a, a wide variety of interesting topics in Fate Magazine, uh, and we'll talk about more of them in the coming weeks as we go along. We'll have Phyllis Galdi back on. She's been with us before, uh, the publisher of Fate Magazine, but we'll bring her back, and hopefully we can do a once-a-month segment with her if she's not too busy. Uh, but definitely go out and check out Fate as well as, you know, all the other magazines that we read and support. Uh, Haunted Times Magazine, we can't thank them enough for their donation, as well as the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast uh, to the donation at our party, which was, we haven't talked about the party, actually, so why don't we share for the listeners out there that, that may care exactly what went on at the party. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the message board, you can find some pictures while we're talking about it. But, you know, what was your thoughts of our initial attempt into... Venturing outside into the public realm. I mean, did, were, were they surprised? Did they say, "Gee, you nice look taller on the radio"? <laughs> were you rubbing, literally rubbing elbows? There's a great picture on the website of you uh, talking to John Horrigan. Holding a beer. <laughs> holding a beer. Well, of course, everybody was holding a drink. I don't think there's a picture out there with, without me holding the bottle of some sort. It, it, at all from the party, or just in general? In general. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, plugging the natty ice on the back deck. That was another classic photo, but. Uh, you know, the, did we have the turnout that we were hoping for? You know, promoting a charity like the Station Family Fund, I was hoping, you know, we'd get more people involved. Well, our, but our ego is huge, so we thought thousands of people would We, we did. Up, we so. thought we were going to have a line outside the door, so. That's what John Horgan thought. <laughs> John Horgan said next year. Next year, we definitely will. Uh, but, you know, I, I, we're very thankful to everybody that came. And, you know, we thank you for your donations to the Station Family Fund. And, you know, hopefully everybody got to take home some sort of prize because, you know, we had a number of prizes from our great sponsors, uh, Crystal Expectations, the Guitar Shelter, Knit Bits, John Horgan's Mass Monster Mash. Um, am I missing anybody? I don't want to miss anybody. Kristen Gartland, of course, who 
contributed, as well as the Lizzie Boyd Bed and Breakfast and Haunted Times magazine. But also, for those who did attend, you know, realize this this is a learning process for us. You know, just like we weren't that good the first time we went on the radio, and we're still not really that good now. You know, it's a learning process, and we're taking something away each time. So hopefully it will increase and, and grow better. When's the next party? Uh, we're going to shoot. Huh? Halloween. I don't think shoot for Halloween? Okay. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll just shoot for Halloween, a nice costume party. And uh, we'll give out prizes for uh, for uh, best costume, worst costume, and um, best person to dress like Moniz. So that was that was a great prize, by the way. That was. That was a great. We gave away, uh, unbeknownst to him, Matt Moniz walked into the party as we were setting up to find all the raffle buckets and to see one of the prizes. Win a date with Matt Moniz. Yes, my wife thought of that. So. And uh, I'm sure Kristen Gartland is not happy with you for thinking of that since she was the one that won that dubious honor. Thanks to her boyfriend stuffing the bucket full of tickets with her name on it. So uh, she will get to go out on a date with Matt Moniz, and they'll have a good time, I'm sure. Also, the party was the debut of Spooky South Coast Merchandise. Yes. Our own. None of that Cafe Press. Can we crap on Cafe Press? Eh. It's not bad, but this is our own. This is from Darkside Inc. DarksideInc.com. Our, our own design logo. Yes, a brand new logo. Excellent new logo, which if you haven't seen it yet, you can see it in those pictures on SpookySouthCoast.com. There's a, a nice picture of my fat ass that has the sh- shirt prominently displayed. It's like the only time in my life I'm glad I'm running 240. You know, I'm like, oh, look at that. Nice wide canvas to show off the new picture. So you can see it that way. And uh, we will have them available. We'll set up a shop. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, but for right now, if you want to get some of it, wh- wh- what do you think? Can we have people send us checks? Do you think that'll work? That'll work. Yeah, well, we have, there's still some legal paperwork we have to go through, but for now, if you want to do it, well, we'll, we'll set it all up in the future. We'll, we'll have the, between our new webmaster, Matt Costa, and, and my wife, Jennifer, we'll figure it all out. So, All right, that's enough talking about ourselves. Let's get back into tonight's topic, and that is, how junior high has the paranormal become? And it's it's become quite junior high. It's become so junior high, I'm expecting a Nickelodeon TV show about it any day now. You know, because that's... On the end. On the... <laughs> it'll be... Yeah, the end. Uh, oh, man. But, uh, hey. You know, and as we said, technology is great. You know, the fact that we can build this network of paranormal investigators, all these people can come together on one resource like like a MySpace. But you're also just inviting that other element, the people who... it. And here's what bothers me. Who would you expect would be the kind of person that would go onto the Internet and blast paranormal groups? Well, not even that. Who Wouldn't you expect the skeptics and the non-believers to be the one blasting the paranormal? And it's the people that actually go Yeah, it's, it's other believers in the paranormal just crapping all over each other like it's you know it's like I, I mean i'm sure it happens to some degree but it's like protestants crapping all over catholics you know you all believe in god <laughs> listen to me here we're 30 minutes away from easter oh gee there goes uh, the lights are flickering god's uh I was gonna say, tell that to, uh well northern ireland or to the muslims and the christians you know i mean it's yeah okay bad example anyway. bad example <laughs> But maybe you have a better example. Maybe you have an instance that you'd like to share where something like that happened. 
give us a call, 508-471-4469. And what we're going to do is we're going to play for you a call we received on the Howler line earlier today. Uh, the Howler line is the one that I just gave, 508-471-I-Howl. And you can uh, call that line all week long and leave us messages. We'll record them. We'll play them on the show. Uh, anything you want to share related to the paranormal, we'll just call us up, leave a message, and uh, we'll put it all together. So this is a call that came in earlier tonight from uh, Reagan from Apart Paranormal, the Auburn, Auburn, uh, Auburn Paranormal. Uh, uh, I'm going to mess it up, but it's they're, they're from Washington. And I'll let Reagan explain, so uh, here we go. Hi, um, I'm Reagan. I'm the Vice President of Auburn Paranormal Activities Research Team, or we're known as a part of Washington. And your subject tonight is about backstabbing and the dishonesty that goes around the paranormal groups in this in this realm of science. And I just wanted to say that, you know, our group strives to work really hard with other groups, and there's a handful of groups in Washington State that we do work close with, and we have reaped the benefits of working so closely with and sharing our evidence and sharing our experiences, which is, you know, what we overall want to do. We all want to find definitive proof of life after death, but it's really hard to do so when you have to worry about who's looking over your shoulder, and we try not to do that. I will say that there are a few groups in Washington State that do do that and that we've actually butted heads with, and we just don't understand, you know, the rhyme, the reason, or the logic behind it. So, you know, it's said to call in and, and leave your message, and you share them tonight on your show. And I just want to let you know that www.apartoswa.com, a part of WA, works very closely with quite a few other Washington groups, and we, we strive to keep that excellence going. All right, so we thank Reagan from Apart for checking in, and you can check in as well, 508-971-4469. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, especially about the topic for tonight, how junior high has the paranormal become, but uh, also about anything to do with the paranormal. Uh, Carl is actually posting questions up here on the chat at sscfan.com, um, and I'd like to see exactly uh, what, do you, what do you have here. Give me a second here. He wanted to ask, is there a case where a person involved in a residual haunting has ever witnessed one, and if they were to be there, would the energy be double because the energy feeds the replay? As far as I know, people who have been involved in residual hauntings um, are kind of outside of what's going on because of the fact that it's drawing on essentially, I guess you could say, the environmental energy, really, um, because it's going to happen whether you're there or not. Uh, it's it's kind of like the the tree falling in the woods theory. You know, uh, People say if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Some people say no. I say yes, it's going to make that sound because... There's the displacement of air and the impact and all the, the whatnot that does happen involved in those. So, yes, there is a sound. Does the sound matter because nobody can hear it? That's a different story. But I think that residual hauntings are going to happen whether people are there to experience them or not. Uh, so uh, I think if you are there and you are witnessing it, you are giving it more energy. Uh, but I think it's going to be just fine without you. That's at least my ill-formed opinion. So uh, let's see. What else, what else do we need to talk about? How about the big April 21st edition of Spooky South Coast? We could we could talk about that. The Dover Demon. The Dover Demon 30th anniversary show. 30th. We're going to have to see if we can get like a musical group to make like a jingle. Dover Demon 30th anniversary show. 
think we just got one. <laughs> well, we are recording this, so we'll, we'll be able to jazz it up with some horn music behind it. But yes, April 21st, uh, two weeks, we'll be having a, a special show to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the sighting of the Dover Demon. Now, for anybody who hasn't heard of the Dover Demon, it's one of the foremost examples of cryptozoology. It's still going on today. Uh, there's still sightings today in Dover, Massachusetts. Just go to you know Wikipedia. Well, don't go to Wikipedia because half that stuff's made up. But just go online and search for the Dover Demon. There's a number of great sites. I know Jeff Belanger at ghostvillage.com is still following up on the case as well. You go to uh, Crypto Mundo. Crypto Mundo, yes. They all... That's that's like the spooky south coast of cryptozoology. It's the go-to site. Yeah, so if you go to that site, you'll be able to find a lot more information too. But, uh, you know, recounting for people a little bit of what happened. It, it happened, you know, back in 1976. 77, I'm sorry. Uh, the original sighting of this small creature. Uh, you know, it's there's similar accounts that have happened in, in many other communities. Uh, the Jersey Devil you know, there's similar reports of where something is seen, and there's a big, massive number of sightings, and then it goes away for a little while, then it comes back. You know, the Dover Demons kind of proved like that over time. Uh, it was chronicled by Lauren Coleman in his book, Mysterious America, who is Lauren Coleman, the, the father of cryptozoology, essentially. So uh, who did we get for the go-to source uh, to talk about the Dover Demon on that show? Hmm? Who could we get? Only one person. Lauren Coleman. He will join us. Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist, will make his first ever appearance on Spooky South Coast on April 21st as part of a massive show that we have planned. We might be going three hours that night. No I have to talk to Pete. Huh? No All right. So we might be going three hours because it's so huge. We might have an early start time. Uh, essentially, we're going to have Lauren Coleman on the phone from his home in Maine. We're going to have Jeff Belanger on the phone from ghostvillage.com. He's the mayor of Ghost Village. He'll share with us some of the recent reports uh, of what's been going on with the Dover Demon. We'll have Christopher Balzano in the studio of the Mass Par Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads website. And uh, we're trying to get Chris uh, Pittman from the Bridgewater Triangle site to join us as well. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be available yet. And uh, that night we're going to have Matt Moniz, our science advisor, out in the field with J.H. John Horrigan himself of the Mass Monster Match. They're going to be out in Dover trying to track this thing down. Trying to get some eyewitness accounts. Trying to maybe even catch this thing. Who knows? With those two guys. They're yeah, who knows what they They're like the Riggs and Murtaugh of the paranormal. Who knows what they could do. Uh, so they're going to be out there trying to track it down. <laughs> yeah, they're too old for this shit. So they're going to be out there trying to track down the Dover Demon. And so with Moniz out of the studio, joining us in the studio for our, being our guest host tonight will be Keith Johnson. So what is that? That is like... That is a jam. I'm not even gonna have to say anything. I'm not. I think I'm not even gonna show up that night. We're not even gonna be able to fit in the studio. We're not gonna be able to fit them in the studio. It's huge. But yeah, there will be a huge show commemorating the 30th anniversary of the Dover Team, and I can't stress enough how privileged we feel that first of all that all these guests would join us, but that especially Lauren Coleman will take time uh, to talk to us about the Dover Demon case and, and share some of the original initial reports and, and what he's found over the years. And then we're going to bring Lauren back uh, in another month or so to come on with us for the entire two-hour show and talk about Mysterious America, which is being re-released. 
So he'll talk to us about that. He'll talk to us about, we're going to ask him about some interesting stuff that's been going on with some mass suicides in the Bridgewater Triangle, too. So uh, we'll definitely get involved with all that stuff when we talk to Lauren Coleman. Uh, and so, you know, there's also a whole bunch of big shows coming up. We're going to have uh, Rick Hayes back with us, taking your calls and trying to make connections with you on the other side. We're working on getting our Gary Patterson back on the show uh, as we approach the anniversary of the release of Sgt. Pepper. Uh, Gary was on with George Norrie last night on Coast to Coast. Uh, another outstanding show as always. I'm just I'm fascinated every time he is on. Uh, one of my favorite Spooky South Coast guests of all time. Uh, can't wait to have him back on again. Uh, who else do we have lined up? I mean, we got we got some big ideas. We do. We do so definitely stay tuned. I feel I feel bad for all the Planet Paranormal listeners because they can only catch us when we're not in the spooky studio. Uh, but yeah, we're working on that. Uh, the only thing we can tell you is what we always tell you. Just send your letters to WBSM. Uh, go to WBSM.com for all their contact information. There's also a link right on the front page of our site, SpookySouthCoast.com. Get in touch with them say, hey, what the hell is going on? Why don't you live stream? Every other radio station in the world live streams. Every other radio station that's run by the same company that owns your company, that has the same engineer putting everything together live streams. Like he can listen. He can't even turn on the computer in the studio. How is he going to listen? So WBSM.com. You can get all the contact information to get a hold of that. But let's get back into tonight's topic. How junior high has the paranormal become? Wicked. Oh, I was waiting for you to say, I don't know. How junior high has the paranormal become? It's become so junior high that I think we're going to have to have a semi-formal at the end of the year. It's become so junior high that it would have been good if I could have kept it going. Well, anyway, it's become so junior high that we felt we had to talk about it and bring it out into the forefront. And so that's what we're trying to do tonight. We'd like to hear more of your stories about what's happened. 508-471-4469. That's a toll-free call if you have unlimited cell phone minutes with no long distance. <laughs> Otherwise, you're screwed. But it's worth the money. It's worth the money to pay for this call and to share your thoughts and feelings on this subject. <laughs> I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking, a, taking a look at the sscfan.com chat room right now. And, uh... Oh, you're having trouble. Oh, you're having trouble hearing the silent assassin. Okay. Talk louder. They can't hear you. How's this? Is that better? Uh, I love. <laughs> Somebody said they. Lo- we were talking about our Gary Patterson and Lauren Coleman. Somebody said they loved when we had Gary Coleman on the show. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trying to mess with us or what? But what you talking about, Willis? We should get Gary Coleman that on. That'd be, be a great show. Awesome show. Yeah. Gary I think we should go through with the original idea that you had of having Gary Coleman and Emmanuel Lewis on the same show and letting them battle it out. So, anyway, how paranormal? How Junior high has the paranormal become 508-971-4469, 508-471-I-Howl. All right, shh, keep it down. The neighbors will hear. The funny thing is, there's actually wolves in my neighborhood. We could have just stuck a microphone out there and let them do it. I'm sure this could be a pack waiting by a Yeah, they are good about that. I'll send you out there with a steak tied around your neck. So... Being a person, like we said earlier, who doesn't really 
participate in message boards. Uh, it, like I said, it did take a lot of convincing to get you to take part in our message board uh, alone. But we also have a small, intimate community of people on our message board that are there because they're fans of the paranormal, fans of the show. Uh, but these other more massive message boards uh, where people are more easily attacked and can hide behind their anonymity are definitely a problem. Is there any way you think that that should be regulated? Can they ever take... Well, I, think, I think the uh, the moderators of the message board has the responsibility to say, hey, cool it, you don't have to uh, be so blasphemous to people who post, people who, like, especially people who new, new people who post. But isn't that kind of what happened, you know, isn't that kind of what happens though sometimes, uh, you know, there'll be enough of an agenda that maybe even the moderators are involved, or, or is that kind of like just... Maybe on certain messages. Yes, they do, on their yeah, site, yeah. Like like those have pretty good have, have respect for the posters and, the, and all that so uh, we sorry go ahead. we should be involved in these chats more often this is this is some pretty hilarious stuff anyway go ahead I'm sorry you can probably feel co- more confident posting on the larger sites than you do with the smaller Speaking of IPI, by the way, let's say hi to Jeanette, who is uh, in the chat room right now. Uh, she just joined in. Hopefully she is listening. And I know she probably has some stories, but she she's probably too nice of a person to share up and talk about some of the... She probably the, has some nasty stories. Yeah, because, well, let's face it. I mean, she was involved in the formation of IPI, so she knew that there was a situation where something had to be done. Uh, there had to be some sort of regulation involved in this. And I think if there can be... Uh, Ideally, you know, we, we know Jeanette and we know Ryan. We support IPI. We'd like to see more groups join IPI. But as long as there's more organizations like that that spring up, then they're going to be doing everybody a favor because they're going to be essentially the watchdogs for what we're talking about so that it doesn't get to the point where all of a sudden a talk radio show feels the need to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's something we wanted to address, and it's something that people are... are are talking about, but it's kind of pathetic that it got to this point. Because as, as more paranormal programming becomes available on the radio, uh, on the television, uh, there's you know more opportunities to get out there and investigate with people. Uh, these Wheezy Ron trips, the TAPS trips, uh, all these different groups that go out there and put these paranormal retreats and get-togethers uh, out there. You know, you're going to get more of the community interacting with one another. Is that going to be for the good? Is that going to be now I can put a face to who this group is and I like this person and I work with them? Or is it going to be fistfights on every Wheezy Ron trip? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Hold on now. We have some, we have some, some breaking news coming on the uh, message board from uh, Chris Balzano. Uh, Chris Balzano, uh, if you're listening, and hopefully you are, um, please give us a call at 508-471-4469 so we can get this information out there. Um, actually, you know what? I think we can call... Well, I don't want to call Chris. I don't want to wake up his, his youngster. So, But uh, hopefully he can hear us and, and give us a call. Um, all right, Matt, you just continue your thought of what you were saying uh, about what was going on. I'm just going to shoot him. 
Well, like I was saying, it was it's it's very easy for one person to blast another when it's over a message board or in a chat room because you don't want, you're not face to face with that person. So, I mean, you could say whatever you want and no, no repercussions would be would come about. But when you're actually physically in front of somebody and you're interacting with someone, you can actually talk to them and work out your differences. I, I don't want to ruin what's going on because I'm, I'm hoping Chris can get in touch with us here. Um, and hi, Oh, hi to Tammy. Tammy's on as well. Uh, but apparently Danvers State Hospital is uh, on fire. Really? Yes. As we speak. As we speak. So... Um, I'm hoping Chris can check in with us and give us a little bit more information because uh, it's hard for us to get the information. Why don't we take a break? Uh, we'll run a couple of spots, and then when we come back, we'll see if we can have a little bit more information. All right, it looks like we got a call coming in right now. Why don't we just go right to that? It's Chris Balzano. All right, Chris, can you hear us? Yep, how you doing? Good, good. So, so what's going on here? You have some breaking news here about Danvers State Hospital. Yeah, so it looks like uh, this afternoon there was a huge fire and um, a massive four-alarm fire. Seven buildings were heavily damaged. And this happened earlier this afternoon? Uh, yep, it looks like uh, about 2 o'clock this afternoon is when the uh, original news story was posted. Is there any suspicion of arson? or? Um, it doesn't really say. It just says some firefighters were hurt and it mentions Avalon Bay, but we're still kind of uh, searching for the story here. So when you say... That seven of the buildings you have they they've already begun construction on Avalon Bay, haven't they? Yep, yep. It says um, according to this, it says the hospital's been closed for years, but the buildings were in the process of being developed. They haven't been developed quite yet. Um, and this is kind of obviously interfered with. That. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago uh, when you were in the studio with us, and we were talking about how so many of these uh, old institutions turned developments. They all seem to end up on fire sooner or later. Yeah, it's just kind of another, and, and I think we were kind of putting forth uh, some kind of theory as to maybe uh, development uh, development projects were kind of behind this, but this kind of spits in the face of that. So yeah, absolutely, because it's it's running the risk of damaging what it is that they're doing. Definitely, it's a, um, if anything, it's definitely a media hit and a public relations hit. So I I almost wonder if it's just gee, I'd hate I'd hate to think that we had anything to do with it by talking about it. Um, no, I, I mean, it, it's, these kinds of things were happening well before we, uh, we brought it up to the public, so yeah. I think it may be either just, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that still have a lot of anger that those are being developed, so it, it might be a, a separate kind of case, or it might be, you know, at the heart of the kind of things we were talking about that night. Well, I know down in this neck of the woods, uh, near Cape Cod, it was kind of a, a real chilly day, uh, so maybe, you know, with... Some of that property still undeveloped, and and I know it's, I know it's being uh, secured, uh, and that there are guards, but it's possible that maybe there were some squatters in there that set a fire or something. I can't really speculate this, yeah. at this point about it, but I guess the fire was burning really uh, intensely, and like I said, some firefighters were were hurt and taken away from it as well. So whatever it is, it's it's beyond just. Um, you know, saying a statement or something weird going on, people were actually hurt in the fire as well. So, well, we we wish them all a speedy recovery, and, and hopefully nobody was too seriously injured. Well, it looks like they're going to be staying there uh, all night and maybe tomorrow just to watch that it doesn't flare back up again. Our prayers and thoughts are with them, and, and we thank you for calling in and checking in with us and and uh, staying up late and, and providing this information. Are you going to follow this story on your website? 
Um, yep, I'm def- definitely am, and probably uh, you can probably get more information from uh, ecto.com. I believe the the uh, website is. They were just kind of getting ready to post some evidence they had gained there over the years, and she actually Karen Mossy forwarded the, the the information to me this, earlier today. So. Okay, so ecto.com. Ecto.com, yep. As well as masscrossroads.com for Chris's site. Yes, and I'll actually have a link to Karen's site anyway, so people can get it there. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, have a wonderful night. You too, and happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you too, man. Take care. Bye bye. All right. So that is Chris Balzano from the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads website, masscrossroads.com, uh, following the story about Danvers State Hospital on fire, uh, and you know I. Like I said, you know, I'd hate to think that we suggested the possibility that somebody would do this, but like, like Chris said, you know, this stuff happens anyway. You think someone would actually go to this, those links to stop this development? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would not be surprised at all. Um, some people feel that because of what went on in these institutions and and everything that they shouldn't be developed, should be preserved as like a monument to or historic. Yeah, for its for historic purposes, uh, and then you know, well, yeah, exactly. You know, to to say you know this this is a place that benefited people, it has historical value, uh, but at the same time, uh, and again, like Chris said, he doesn't want to speculate, but we will because that's our job. <laughs> that's our job to talk out of our asses. Uh, but I would hate to think that it's somebody who is a believer in the paranormal. And feels that you know these developments that are built over these places are bound to be haunted by the spirits that are in these develop uh, institutions now. So I'd hate to think it was somebody from that aspect of it saying, "Let's keep it from being developed." I don't know. Like, like I said, just speculation. Could be purely accidental. I'm sure that's probably what it is. And so hopefully everybody that's involved in fighting that fire comes out of it okay. the, the advantages is that the developments were still in progress and that there were, weren't people living there. So Maybe it's the spirits. That's possible. Who knows what's possible? It's a good thing we didn't use any bumpers tonight of Firestone. All right, well, we thank Chris for sharing that with us, and everybody's still chatting about it on sscfan.com if you want to check in there and follow the story a little bit more. And like Chris said, you can... Go to uh, ectoweb.com, ecto.com, uh, masscrossroads.com, and you can find more information on that. Uh, so we were saying we were going to take a break. Let's take that last break, and then when we come back, we can wrap things up uh, here on Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, the silent assassin, Matt Costa, joining me tonight, and hopefully you enjoyed our discussion about the junior high aspect of the paranormal, and hopefully... You can take this discussion to heart and, and do your part to help quell some of this stuff. I mean, like, we, we can talk about it all, all day. We can talk about the problems. We can talk about examples of what went on, but we can't really offer solutions. I mean, the, only, the only thing you can do is let, you don't let things roll off your back. Don't take things to heart. Exactly. That That's going to be the key because... you. Like you said earlier, you're not going to stop people from doing I mean, this kind of stuff. Yeah, just you know, you, you got to let it go, and uh, you know, not everything's going to be uh, all wine and roses, especially in this field. So, you do what you can to make yourself uh, be above it, to to make yourself be the one. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? 
you know, you take the high road. Be the bigger man or woman or be the bigger paranormal investigator. And just... Well, it's easier said than done sometimes, though. though. When, when somebody comes and they attack you, especially if they attack you personally, you know, there's only so much you can take. But, you know, if, if other aspects of the world can't be harmonious, why should we expect this one to? It just seems like... More than anything, the paranormal field needs that kind of unity. It needs that kind of partnership. It needs that kind of community. To just start stabbing each other in the back and, and just pulling all this crap, it's just its crap. You're not getting anything by by killing somebody else. I use that term figuratively, you know, literally. But you're not getting anything from it, you know? You're not, you're not getting anything by ratting anybody out. You're not getting anything by, you know, stealing somebody's evidence. Why? Why do you have to do it? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Oh. Maybe it's because I come from a, a, a job where uh, every single word that I type, I have to be fearful. Especially now with, uh, you know, those not in the area might not be familiar, but a major Boston sports writer just recently got busted for plagiarism uh, because he used information from another paper but didn't cite them. You know, so every single word that I use, I have to be conscious of making sure that it's not somewhere else. You know, because there's such a, a an eye toward plagiarism around here in, in the sports media. So, and a lot of what these people are doing are just a form of plagiarism. It's taking somebody else's stuff as their own. It's using somebody else's information to, to benefit yourself without giving them credit. You know, just, I can't imagine doing that. Except, you know, except for when I use stuff from you without giving you credit, but... One thing, sharing things, but... Yeah. I mean, but give, yeah, give it's credit where it's due. It's not going to hurt. You know, and, uh, you know, a year ago I came on the airwaves and I was blasting people that put their names on their pictures. You know, that say, you know, when you get a picture of evidence and it says, you know, copyright such and such paranormal group. And I'm like, why do you have to do that? You know, it's evidence. It's out there for everybody to share and enjoy. Who cares who took the picture? I understand, you know, there has to be some recognition for the work that you put in so that not everybody else can just ride your coattails. Again, you know, I don't put in the work and I ride your coattails, but you you knew that going in. I did. You've known me for years and you knew going in that's the way the show was going to work. Let it go. <laughs> Water off a duck's back. All right, well, we have a call. All right, well, let's take it before we wrap things up. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hi. Hey, it looks like I came in a little, well, very late. Um, <laughs> and when is your show over? Uh, we were going till midnight, but we can go a, a few minutes longer. Well, um, I, I guess I missed all the ones you're talking about. But what? Um, uh, this is Ken Deal, and uh, I'm with Missouri Paranormal Research. I, uh, I am a demonologist for them. I also do. Uh, a lot of staff work for IamHaunted.com. Okay. But I wanted to uh, mention some of the things that fit along the lines of the, all the stuff that's going out there because it seems like the higher profile your team is, the more you get attacked. Of course, we go all the way back to probably how many times, uh, you know, even the Warrens and stuff got attacked in the, in the past. But some of that stuff could be like beliefs. But we're talking about one. People do this where they uh, start calling fake photos and photos with 35-millimeter negatives. And it just comes out of the blue, like, oh, that's fake. And instead of coming out and saying something like, 
hmm, you know, that's an interesting photo, or, you know, whenever they come straight out and they accuse somebody of fabricating evidence, that's when they have a problem. If you're, if, It's like you can say all you want, dust, uh, it's probably dust if someone posts an orb photo somewhere online, but if you say, hey, I bet you shook a, a can of dust over the front of your lens so you can make it look like you got orbs, that's a different thing altogether than just commenting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, um, we, there's some business... There's been some really bad experiences, you know, to to some extent, but um, I'm just amazed at how uh, people just kind of come out from nowhere. There was a, gr- a group that lives by uh, me here locally, and I'm in Springfield, Missouri, and we never met them. None of, the, none of the people on my team or anything did, and one day they started calling the fake thing, and I am haunted in a blog. Didn't say the group name or anything like that, and then all of a sudden they come out and say our name. And then that person does some martyr thing where they self-terminated their account and deleted it. And um, I thought, you know, like, where did that come from? This person just kind of like blew a gasket or something, couldn't contain himself any longer. And this was before, I guess, you know, we. after that I posted on there, these are 35 millimeter with negatives, the two in particular. They're kind of, uh, you know, tropey uh, pics of uh, one is a Waverly capture of a girl standing in, uh, in the hall. I wasn't on that Waverly trip. And another is the blue uh, ghost. We use both of them in some form of our logo that we use for Missouri Paranormal Research. But um, that was just, it's just amazing. And and it's more so in your local state. You'll find the people that hate you the most are actually the ones that are low-level groups that don't have much to show for evidence. And uh, they live near you in your own state. Are you getting a lot of that with other people? Well, that's what we were talking about earlier, that a lot of times uh, because there's so few cases in some geographic areas, but there will be more than one group that pops up, and somebody will be jealous that somebody else gets uh, the cases because they've been around longer. They have the more established name. I mean, for example, here in Cape Cod, I mean, we have CAPERS, the Cape and Islands Paranormal Research Society, and if another group started up, you know, they're not going to have the credibility that a CAPERS has, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that they'd start looking to discredit CAPERS to make an instant name for themselves. Yeah, I can. I think that does seem to be a pattern. You know, even uh, I ran into a website. Um, I guess I didn't know how much, it, you know, I, I stayed away from the Internet. I had a little website that just took people uh, asking questions about haunting stuff since 1995, but I wasn't involved with a higher-profile group or anything like that, and I barely knew of any celebrity celebrity names out there, uh, I accept, with the exception of John Zappas and Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who I have the books of, and Troy Taylor. Uh, the rest of them not, but it's amazing the way even the higher-profile people still have problems with people and that the bickering even goes on the higher-profile uh, pair of celebrities. Yeah. And, you know, without mentioning names right now, uh, it, you know, there's there's shakedowns that go on between the people that, you know, lecture at one circuit versus touring, you know, like two tour groups, for example. Oh, it's, it's just amazing. How cutthroat it is, as John Zappas said. And I, I guess I didn't realize it more so uh, and, until lately uh, how bad it is out there and how much it's getting worse. I thought the demonic haunts were getting worse, but boy, you know, it's like the people acting demonic are getting worse. Well, <laughs> that's true, yeah. But, I mean, I know you didn't want to mention any group specifically, but, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, TAPS had to put uh, a rumor mill up on their website so they could talk about what rumors are out there and what's true and what isn't true. Because they were getting attacked on a daily basis. Oh, they have that appointment the right way. 
I mean, it's yeah, a, I've been hearing all the taps things and stuff. I start I watched Ghost Hunters for the last three years and all that, and it's great. Um, but yeah, there's a particular individual in that group. I love Brian, Steve, you know, Jason Grant, but um, this person's been pretty much a terrorist, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to uh, being a para troll, as we call. And I'm hoping his name will surface uh, one way or another a lot harder than it is right now. Um, especially in light of some recent circumstances that have come up, but that goes without saying. We'll let it let it expose itself later on. Yeah, and the, a lot of the stuff does have a way of doing that. It's just, I mean, after a while, especially those who uh, commit the attacks, after a while, it just you know comes full circle back in their faces. I got to get your archive. I was going to ask you. I couldn't find the chat room and where to get into that. But uh, when are you going to have the archives so I can catch what you're talking about earlier tonight? Well, you can get uh, our show is always being. Uh, archive streamed on our website spookysouthcoast.com we post mm-hmm. there's a blog there we post it up on there and then uh, we put the podcast up on iTunes and um, podcastalley.com and all kinds of different um, podcasting sites as well as uh, on MySpace as well I send out a bulletin every week with the podcast link in it so sounds great numerous ways to get it and if ever you have trouble getting a show you can just email us spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com or Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and I'll make sure that you can get the show. Oh, great. You know, there's I there's not no time left, but there'll be, there's time and opportunity to tell all the stories. I mean, how people go to a caning police record to try to smear another group or a person, traffic tickets to dispute, uh, you know, evidence of a haunting, uh, you know, all this stuff falls apart in their face. And then people going out registering domains, immediately after they hear somebody register a similar domain just so they could try to take that away. We had a group that registered Missouri Paranormal Research after they've been kicked out of the group as a non-for-profit business in Missouri in order to take the opportunity away to act as a non-for-profit business when it came to that. And it's just... Uh, it's it's amazing what level. Well, one of the things that uh, was going on behind the scenes was there was a gal who was approached to do a hoax documentary about our founder, uh, group founder Steve Lachance, who lives in the, uh, an extreme haunting, and it's a higher profile story. Uh, it had a it had a mention in uh, last month's our last issue of uh, Haunted Times Magazine, mm-hmm. the Union House story. And uh, what this person was supposed to do was supposed to go around and try to get the hoax angle on the story, kind of the George and Kathy Lutz, the wannabe thing all over again. They're trying to slam another person uh, of perpetrating a, a sort of hoax. Well, after this person got to know this group of trolls, which are locally, she pretty much figured out they're all nuts and all the stuff they've done. And she came to us and told us what they're planning. They're all going to meet at some room, a bed and breakfast up in St. Louis, and that they had ideas that they were going to actually do a forensic interrogation on Stephen's daughter, sort of kidnap and corner her and force her to tell the truth, as they said, that the whole thing was all cooked up and that sort of stuff. Wow. So, you know, it's just getting a little old to worry you're going to have to call the FBI and the police, not just, you know, try to post in blogs in defense of yourself, but whenever you have to call the police to handle trolls that just can't contain themselves with because of their jealousy or hatred, because they got booted off the team for inappropriate behavior. Anyway, it just goes on and on and on. I, uh, um, 
I'm sorry I caught you at the end of the show. Oh, no, not a problem. I'm not probably not the best one to tell these stories anyway because it more involves uh, uh, things that went on just before I, uh, I joined. Well, but I mean, still, I mean, the fact that somebody would take it, you know, that far and to that level just to uh, essentially, you know, make somebody else look bad that they're going to bring it to the point where the authorities have to get involved. All that's doing yeah. is that's taking down every paranormal investigator in its wake. It's, it's it's just a shame, you know. Ghost hunters, <clears throat> the show Ghost Hunters brought on some, you know, some very good and very bad at the same time. Uh, the very good, it's it's brought uh, more availability of people to help with uh, hauntings. It's brought uh, more people bringing education and investigation and evidence gathering. And on the negative side, people are treating it like, oh, you know, let's start our own band. Now let's start our own ghost hunting group, and then. Uh, you have these people walking around irresponsibly and uh, stealing stuff from people's houses and giving other uh, would-be ghost groups that have that are really there for the right reasons that can really help. They're giving them a bad reputation. You know, of course, this happens with higher-profile groups, but there's so many started ones out there that are ruining for the rest of them. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's another problem. Yeah, it can really happen on every level. I mean, we we would think that it only happens to the big dogs in the field, but I mean, just anybody's ripe for this type of attack because, you know, it's it's it is a cutthroat field right now. Yeah. Well, um, I uh, guess I'll let you, let you go here. We'll have to call in another time, another topic. But first time I listen to the show, great show. All right. Well, generally you can't hear us on Planet Paranormal. I'm sorry to say because when we're in our actual radio station studio, it blocks us from mm-hmm. uh, from being able to stream on the internet but you can always check us out like i said on SpookySouthCoast.com and on itunes great all right so we'll stay in okay, touch with us thank you for thank sure thank you very much have a good week uh, happy easter and to you too everybody and we'd like to thank everybody that called in and shared their thoughts uh with us uh, and well hopefully this is a topic we can visit again in the future and hopefully the next time the topic can be gee remember how junior high the paranormal used to be but i'm not sure that it will Uh, So all we can say is just keep trying to work together and remember, every time you discredit another paranormal investigator in the long run, you're really just discrediting yourself as well. So I'm Tim Weisberg for The Silent Assassin, Matt Costa. We say Happy Easter, Happy Passover, and we want you all to stay spectacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again.